Welcome to the Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. Oh, wait, no, I'm not Wesley Fenza. I have usurped him in a bloodless coup and having a two-thirds majority over all matters related to the podcast, I have used my power to summon Gray as a non-voting guest host. He, he's lying about there not being blood. There was so much blood. Why, why do you have the two-thirds majority? Oh, that's probably because of all the blood. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, no, it's because I usurped Wes, and so I have... Oh, you take over Wes's his power too. control. You, you, you ate ah. him and gained his voting power. Yes. yes. Uh, so, Gray, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Gray. Devout listeners of the podcast probably remember me from a previous appearance. Oh wait, no, that was a bonus episode, wasn't it? So, yeah, I've never been on the main mind killer before. Hi, I'm Gray. I'm one of the Denver Rats. Moved here due to the baleful influence of Jason, Eniosh, and Stephen. Wow, um, baleful, huh? That's the last time I influenced you. <laughs> it's too late. I already did the Amazing Man recording. <laughs> that was fantastic. And it was supposed to come out yeah, just this last Friday, and I got the date wrong, so it's coming out this coming Friday instead. Okay. Uh, I'm happy that people will get to listen to it. Hell yeah. Well, oh, I, and I, I, I don't expect to regret it in any way. I wouldn't be surprised if you ever regretted that. It's just too awesome. And uh, I'm Inyash Brodsky, as always. Yeah, um, and I'm David. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned that at some point in there. But honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably know who we are. Um, As I've mentioned previously, our audience is extremely small. Um, Half of our audience is on the podcast today. But you can do your part by liking, sharing, and subscribing the podcast and going to wherever the the Mind Killers Patreon page is. (laughs) yes quite um so uh there is no feedback from last episode so let's get right into our first story tonight inyash what is our first story tonight our first story tonight is that uh the biden administration won't let journalists into most immigration detention centers uh these were the child camps that everyone was talking about where kids were put in cages on the border by Donald Trump. And uh, they're still doing that, but now the press is not allowed to see. Uh, there's a few they're allowed into, but those are the really nice ones. Anyone anyone uh, where there's uh, crowding and other potentially bad um, conditions, we just don't see it because, you know, Biden doesn't want anyone to see that. And uh, I don't know. I think I think that's worse than what Trump did, but like with Trump, the cruelty was the whole point, so he was showing it off, and I don't know, maybe maybe at least now the cruelty isn't the point, so they're trying to hide it, and that's better? I don't know. I don't think it's a large improvement if they're just not letting people in. We don't have any... Since they won't let people in, we have no specific reason to think that conditions have improved. Yeah, no, I think this is pretty unambiguously worse, because if they're hiding it, then they know they have something to be ashamed of. Trump, you could at least plausibly make the case that he thought he was doing something vaguely like what was right. But Biden knows this is evil, clearly knows it's evil because he's going out of his way to hide it and he's doing it anyway. So, yeah, no, fuck this guy. Uh, That's going to be a bit of a recurring theme of this episode, by the way. Yep. Uh, So I guess we started it off on the right foot. 
Yep. So, does anyone have anything to say on this other than fuck Biden? I think that sums up the whole situation. Um, I think that anybody expecting better from Biden and Harris than they uh, got from Trump is going to have to learn to live with disappointment. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. Did we mention last week that Biden uh, was hiring, some, uh, not hiring, rather firing some people um, at the White House because of past marijuana usage? Uh, yes. I don't know. Did we? we did I, I don't remember if you mentioned it, but I remember this happening. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I, I meant to mention it, but then I thought we didn't. and But I just throw that in there, too, because, okay. you know, um, Kamala Harris was a cop and a drug warrior, and Biden helped author the, uh, you know, crack sentencing laws. And, yeah, and the just, Rave Act, which jailed club promoters if people at the club were caught using ecstasy. The fuck? Yeah, they decided they had to make as many people lo- uh, responsible for preventing its use as possible. Wow. I mean, part of me admires that because it indicates a grasp of basic incentives that I usually think is beyond politicians, but also, wow, fuck those guys. Yeah. He's also, I believe, respond well, he was vice president then, but he definitely supported a bunch of expansions, very stupid ones, to the controlled substance list throughout the Obama administration. Also, I do not see this anywhere on last... Fortnite's outline. So, newsflash: yeah. five people were fired from the Biden White House for past for admitting to past marijuana use. I feel great sympathy for them, but also, why the hell would you ever admit that to the federal government? Uh, because they were working for the federal government, and if you are the sort of person who can work for the federal government without losing your lunch, then you're probably the sort of idiot who thinks that you should not lie to them about things. That that would explain it, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this situation would be resolved, considering that we currently do not let these people into the country. Like, what, what could you do? Put them all in trucks and drive them back to Mexico and dump them somewhere? Like, it's, it's just shitty until we reform our immigration policy. Uh, how about let's just let them into the country? I agree, but, like, how the fuck is Biden going to get that done? I guess he could do an executive order since that's how everything is being done nowadays. I mean, yeah, that does seem to be the situation. And it would be a way to get me much more on board with the use of executive orders. But more on that later in this episode when I deploy my own troops. <laughs> but also that would be a good thing and therefore biden's probably not gonna do it yeah so yeah that was what i got all right um moving on then unless someone had anything else to say uh i'll take your silence as assent and move right along uh, so, Gatesgate, or Shut the Fuck Up, Donnie, a legal comedy in one act. Um, so, Matt Gates, a, uh, Trump stooge, has been, um, I think he has been put under indictment at this point, but I'm not sure. We are short a resident lawyer, so... Uh, listeners, please bear with us if we get some of the nuances of the more legal stories wrong. We are doing it on uh, purpose specifically to torture Wes. He's not um, been indicted as of yesterday. Uh, John Boehner called on him to resign if he was indicted, if the indictment happens, but uh, apparently it has not yet. 
I literally just said that we're going to get some things wrong on purpose to make Wes angry. Um, so thanks for ruining that grift, Gray. Um, you can st- I'm sure there will be other opportunities. Most likely. Um, so, yeah, he was he is under investigation, it sounds like, for uh, child sex trafficking or that's what the case alleges. Uh, but as with almost every case of child sex trafficking, this seems to have mostly involved consenting adults. So, uh, Inyasha, I'm guessing you have some thoughts about this. I actually have not heard about this story at all. I've been avoiding the news for the past week or so. You run a news podcast, so that's not great. But also, I wouldn't say I you. run it. <laughs> I am I involved mean, with it. I mean, you are a uh, de facto non-voting minority co-host. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, so this was stupid and terrible. Um, the most uh, legally dubious, legally and ethically dubious thing I've seen uh, is that he... Um, uh, paid for a my a 17 year old uh girl to travel with him um and some of the states they traveled to had ages of consent over 17 um but like i don't like that our age of consent laws are based off of geography to that extent like, also, it, it might seems have left like, the U.S. for the actual act and gone to a country that I believe has an age of consent of 16. Yeah. So, that's dumb. That I don't dumb. like that. There are so many good reasons to loathe Matt Gates. Let us not get distracted by bad ones. You're not at all wrong. Like, I'm, I'm convinced. The way that he's been talking since this investigation became public, I'm starting to think that he's the larval form of whatever species Donald Trump is. <laughs> You are not wrong. Also, that's the other fun thing. He's been talking since word of this investigation came out, which normally this would be the part where I jokingly ask Wes whether or not that's a smart thing to do, because it's an obviously dumb thing to do. Uh, So... So I'll say that it's the smartest uh, yeah. thing he could possibly do. If anything, so, he's got a lot of people supporting him who didn't before. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Gray, you're not a lawyer, but um, if you have reason to suspect that you're under federal investigation for child sex trafficking, is it a good idea to go on to Tucker Carlson and run your mouth about it for half an hour? Possibly. <laughs> on, on a good day. But there, uh, there he's, he's been having a lot of bad days lately. There you have it, folks. Official legal advice from the Mind Killer podcast. Um, and insert a little fast talking thing here about how this is not actually legal advice. I was, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad someone else made the joke. Uh, I will make sure to edit that part out so everyone thinks this is actual legal advice. Well, then you'll be sued too. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, so this is a farce, and it was stupid, and I don't like that it happened. Yeah. But I per- also, I, I don't like that. 
I particularly dislike that child sex trafficking laws are usually used to go after um, to go after consenting adults because that that just it weakens the entire child sex trafficking laws apparatus. Like it, it it's like defining white supremacy as a category that includes both David Duke and a bunch of perfectly normal people. You just water down the impact of the category. Exactly. That is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, but how are you supposed to kick up a moral panic about voluntary prostitution between consenting adults? I and may- God knows we can't just, you know, not have a moral panic about consenting adults exchanging money for sex. So I we know, need to do it under false pretenses. I think they've done a really good job of uh, creating moral panic about just regular prostitution in the U.S. for a long fucking time. Yeah. No, they haven't. That's why they've had to do the whole child sex trafficking thing, even when there aren't any children or any involuntary sex trafficking. Yeah, but prostitution's been illegal at the state level everywhere except Nevada for decades before the child sex trafficking panic. I mean, sure. But whenever you see, like, a big public uh, prostitution arrest, they never call it a prostitution bust. They call it a child sex trafficking ring that was broken up. Point. Well, they do nowadays anyway. Wasn't there some famous madame in Hollywood that got busted for it? And they didn't call it sex trafficking back then. This was like 70s, I think. Yeah, but that was back when the country still had a morality and you could kick up a moral panic about ordinary prostitution stupidest possible timeline i mean we live in the panic in the timeline where apparently most of the united states decided that the best possible resolution to the spread of methamphetamine was to export a bunch of american manufacturing jobs to mexico (laughs) uh you're not wrong like by stop stop breaking up mom and pop meth businesses and letting the cartels take all of it (laughs) yeah this this unironically so this, so that is also a dumb thing that happened. Big news. Uh, Prince Philip died at age 99. Um, so uh, where is it? Um, is it Duke of Edinburgh? Uh, yes. So Edinburgh is now without a duke. Uh, so if you are seeking a noble position... Uh, you can maybe check that out. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't one of his kids be the Duke of Edinburgh now? Uh, no, the Duke of Edinburgh is the title that goes to the uh, prince consort. Oh yeah, the, or they're not princess actually, consort. They're, um, not, they're not hereditary titles anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh. So whoever, so if Liz remarries, then her new husband uh, or wife. I, I guess that could happen. It's 2021. Um, <laughs> would, would then become the Duke or Duchess of, of Edinburgh. Ah, I see. Is Edinburgh an actual place? Because I it's thought the it was capital a place. of Scotland. Yes, it's <laughs> okay. All right. So, just whoever wait, marries wait, the wait, king wait. or queen gets to be the Duke of Edinburgh, regardless of whatever. Hang on, sorry. Did you were you under the impression that Edinburgh was like a metaphor or something? Well, apparently Duke of Edinburgh is a metaphor, so now the whole thing is just c- confused in my head. Is England uh, a place? <laughs> well, so, by, by the same token, though, as far as the non-hereditary titles, uh, William, who I just learned is not heir apparent, uh, 
is the Duke of Cambridge. I thought he gave up the title, though. Uh, uh, I thought uh, Harry got out of succession. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Sorry. Getting uh, the, my the only reason that up. Which, the only uh, reason that brings... Harry marrying Meghan Markle wasn't a much bigger deal with explicit racism flying around is that he was there were pe- multiple people ahead of him. It would gotcha. have been a huge deal for William to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. here's the thing: I did not know that the Queen was married. Like what? I thought for my entire life that she was a widow because there was no King of England. I, I I guess I'm a stupid head, but I thought that whoever the queen marries gets the title king, and I found out when Philip died that that's just not the case. No, he gets a much more badass job title, Prince Consort, as in his only job is to satisfy the queen. I mean, that is definitely much more badass. I just, I was, I was really surprised by that. Yeah, so uh, on the one hand, I, like, want to snark at you about that, but on the other... British nobility is genuinely confusing uh, because it's like one of those tradition things which exists because it's tradition and it's like a thousand odd years of accreted titles and traditions and heritability and non-heritability and so on. So like... If you designed a system to be confusing, it would probably be less confusing than the actual system. <laughs> so, you know, that's fair. Um, but yeah, uh, the queen was married <laughs> until very recently. Uh, also, I'm not going to snark at you because let's be honest, George Washington died for our sins so that we don't need to worry about the internal drama of the House of Windsor. So, you know. Yeah, I'm just exercising my rights as an American. Yep. Merkel. I'm sure there are some British who exercise their right to be ignorant of this, but they're probably considered rather weirder in their home environment. I feel like they probably don't. (laughs) Because another one of the parts of the weird... Another one of the parts of the weird tradition is that all the, all the peasants need to obsess about it for no reason. There's got to be some people who just don't give a shit. Probably, but they're probably, like, super weird. Well, yeah. But, I mean, come on, look at who we're talking to here. Yeah. So, uh, any of our listeners in the UK... Uh, if you want to give us a ballpark number, how many uh, people you think don't know about all this weird stuff about British nobility, uh, I'd be interested. Yeah, I would I would love to hear a better qualified uh, estimate on that. Uh, Inyash, did you know that the House of Lords is still a thing? I did know that, and I thought that that one was hereditary. That one is mostly hereditary, but I think there's some non-hereditary. Uh, there's the in Lord's. It. There's the Lord's spiritual uh, a selection of people who contributed by the Church of England who have voting power in the House of Lords. Yeah, and uh, also occasionally peerages get created. I would be really fucking annoyed if there was a religious institution that got to choose some of our senators. Yeah, but the House of Lords. So, like, you know how. All Congress does is like vote about how to name um, uh, post offices, but like they nominally have other powers. 
They just don't use them. My understanding is that House of Lords is kind of like that, but they don't have other powers. They're like explicitly just designated to handle this super um, abstract symbolic stuff that no one cares about. Well, don't they have veto power? And in that sense, I'm all for it. Don't they have veto power over the laws, though? Not Probably not since the English Civil War. Or even if they do, like technically have veto power i would guess that there's also an obscure law granting like the the warden of the tower of london or someone to behead anyone who votes to veto even the queen technically has veto power at least on paper laws require the royal assent but i can't remember the last time it was withheld (laughs) that would be a hell of a power move though queen elizabeth if you're listening but yes, please, like, please go out on that note. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, let's be honest. Uh, there's a research showing that elderly people tend to die very soon after their spouses. So, like, what do you want? Now's the time to start thinking about what you want your legacy to be. <laughs> <laughs> Or as an alternate framing, now's the time to start defecting in the iterated prisoner's dilemma. That is a definitely a more mind killery phrasing. <laughs> it's time to annex the colonies again. Yes. Um, honestly, we could probably use it. <laughs> um, one of, uh, interesting uh, arcana of British law. There was a place uh, in Australia run by this farmer named Leonard Caswell who declared independence in su- sometime in the second half of the 20th century. And he announced his independence, his declaration of independence to the Australian tax service by way of explaining that he wasn't going to be paying taxes to a foreign government. Yeah. And in his letter, he styled himself Prince Leonard Caswell. And when they wrote the letter back to him, they included that self-style Prince Leonard on the letter. And due to an obscure ancient British law called the Treason Act of 1694, that constituted recognition of him as a foreign head of state. (laughs) Oh, that is so amazing. (laughs) So he kept on being somewhat irrelevantly independent for many years, and I believe he's since died and his family plans to repatriate the place, but it was a hilarious screw-up on the tax services part. I... I'm assuming they still got the taxes from him, though, right? Not that I know of. What? Yeah, he minted I mean, coins if you re- and offered guided tours of the country. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, if you recognize them as a foreign power, then, like, what are you going to do? I mean, you got take backsies, right? You're the government. I mean, you could invade them, but that would be terrible PR. <laughs> you know what happened when, um, when Saddam launched an unprovoked invasion of Kuwait? Sure, but I don't think we would get involved with taking this guy's ranch over. No, but all I the mean, other how micro much, states how much o- I mean, how much oil was on the ranch? Right, That's a good exactly. question. Uh, I, I do imagine that if there were any actually significant mineral rights, then uh, there would have been more serious words there. Uh, but, oh, it was only uh, dissolved like uh, eight Eight months ago now. Oh, wow. And they didn't even try to get back taxes from the estate? Uh, I'm not going to interrupt the episode to read the Wikipedia article and find out. But for those interested, the nation in question was called the Principality of Hutt River. That's Hutt spelled like Java. 
yeah, so if you scroll to the bottom, there's a place for show notes. Just drop the link in there. Okay. I am just legit surprised that, that a government didn't go out and claim money uh, by force if they had to. That just strikes me as a thing governments always do, and I guess they just didn't for some reason. Yeah. Other fun fact about obscure laws about uh, British nobility. Uh, British nobles still have the right to be uh, hanged by a silk rope, even though the UK abolished the death penalty several decades ago. I, well, that, that'd be a hell of a way to protest a ridiculous speeding ticket. You're not wrong. <laughs> this is the way the queen will choose to go out. Uh, anyway, uh, obscure trivia about the uh, British nobility aside. Uh, Inyash, is the next story you? The next story is me, yes. One of the ways you can tell stories are mine is because there's links to them. Uh, I'm going to need to get a whole bunch of links to you from you. Yes, you will. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this one, I think, would be of interest to you. I don't know very much about it, and I was hoping you could fill me in. China apparently is going ahead with a national digital currency. Uh, they're testing it in several cities. They issued some digital currency to some of their uh, some of their populace, and now they can just go into stores and wave a QR code from their uh, from their phone to the scanner, and it'll take money out of this digital account they have. I don't know. It's weird. But like NFC payments are already a thing. What does this possibly change? Uh, it lets you restrict currency usage by people with bad social credit scores. Duh. But you, but you can already do that with bank accounts. Yeah, but people can still use cash. Like I'm assuming the, the long-term goal here is to get rid of cash. So all monetary transactions can be tracked by the government. And then people will just start using US dollars. Lovely. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Like they didn't. So rush actually, it. the the I think partly on some level, Dave, I can hear David's anarcho accelerationist components screaming that yes, yes, do this. You're not entirely wrong. So yeah, I don't know. Do you think this could work, David? Is this a good thing, bad thing? It's obviously terrible. <laughs> well, okay, but if it wasn't for the government, you know, having complete control over all monetary things. Oh, yeah, be... just if you ignore that little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, aside from all the genocides, uh, no, but I guess, have would a nation having a digital currency in general be cool? Uh, not if the code for that currency was written by the Chinese government. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I feel like a government is in a position to force what the blockchain boys call a 51% attack as long as it pleases. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's the thing that China is doing now, and we'll see how it goes. Yep. I wonder if uh, they I would assume they would also want to ban Bitcoin and other digital currencies. They then. did. Oh, they did already? Yes. Ah, well, they okay. They declared then. serious criminal penalties. I don't know that they've actually been that widely prosecuted, but they did declare them. I'm not sure how they would, how they even would be widely prosecuted. Like, uh, by having the entirely state-controlled internet look for the origin of every Bitcoin packet. Can't you just VPN it? By blocking VPNs, too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm honestly not sure exactly how the Chinese internet works due to that great firewall of China they got up there. Like, yeah. how much can you get away with? Can you run VPNs? I was able to VPN when I lived there in 2011. Um, their uh, definition of safe for work is extremely limiting. 
So it was necessary. Well, has to be safe for the communist government, right? Yep. This is also these are also the people though who um, didn't have carfentanil on their controlled substance list until like 2015. So you could, if you wanted to start your opiate dealing cartel, you could just order a kilo of carfentanil from a Chinese lab, and unless it was caught at the border, uh, you had enough to give everyone in California a lethal dose. That actually did happen once in Canada. They caught something at the border that totally did contain carfentanil, but was marked as printer toner. And the one box contained enough to give a lethal dose to everyone in Canada. Uh, both isn't, both people. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it uh, impossible to to Google the Tiananmen Square protests in, in China? Yes. Like, not impossible to Google it, but you'll get no results. Uh, and there are a bunch of ways they filter that sort of thing. On WeChat... Uh, people have experimentally determined there there are very few words that by themselves will result in a WeChat message being blocked, but there are a bunch of word combinations. So 1989 won't block the message, but if you say 1989 plus any of a list, long list of other things, the message will simply not go through. Uh, how many people did we lose experimentally determining that? Uh, nobody. They did the testing outside of China. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Since it's it's very unsubtle censorship, they just block every message containing the relevant, uh, the the relevant like the the trigger keywords. So it is trivial to determine whether you've been sent whether the the algorithm did something or not. Yeah, I uh, had a somewhat uh, stark reminder of how um, how tight a bubble we live in when I dropped a casual reference in a non-rationalist um, discord to Winnie the Pooh uh, in a context that was obviously referring to Xi Jinping, and everyone was very confused. And then I was confused at why they were confused for about 20 minutes. Hmm. I mean, it's it's been like news even on J- John Oliver's show, so I imagine a fair bit of people know about it. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, like, these are smart, well-educated people, but they just, I don't know, don't pay attention to foreign affairs, I guess. Maybe they're just above poo news. Yeah. Anyway, uh, China's descent into a uh, cyberpunk hellscape aside, uh, New York has... New York State has continued its descent into a non-cyberpunk hellscape uh, when a second worst person, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Was about to say DeSantis, but that's the wrong governor. Um, Cuomo? Cuomo? uh, No, not Cuomo. Second worst person. Uh, Uh, Abbott, the Texan? uh, The mayor of New York City. I don't even know who that is right now. Um, de Blasio. Oh, it's st- still him. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Bill de Blasio, uh, in his capacity as mayor of New York City, sued basically every gasoline company in existence uh, for uh, causing global warming. And uh, he wanted both damages to uh, proof New York City against uh, rising sea levels. And this is the bonkers part. Wanted to get an injunction against them to keep them from, from selling producing gasoline. Gas. Huh. 
And the Second Circuit basically just facepalmed because, no, a mayor of an American city can't sue the Industrial Revolution. And also, they certainly can't enjoin the Industrial Revolution. It would have been hilarious, though, for somebody to point out what an environmental disaster New York City was in terms of being covered in horse shit before gas cars came along. Like, when cars were introduced to New York, it was the biggest environmental boon you could have imagined. You are not wrong. Well, for New York, anyway. Yes. I, New York had specific things in its environment that were so bad that replacing them with masks with a bunch of cars and trucks was better. Uh, sorry, real quick. I am rearranging the um, outline a little so that all the Lil Nas X news is back to back. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and I don't want to talk about this right now, so... Uh, okay. So that was the thing that happened. It was dumb. Uh, it reinforces the stupidest of all possible timelines belief. Uh, but it was mostly harmless. Uh, great. Tell us about something else New York's done that's stupid. So, uh, the New York State Legislature is considering a bill of, frankly, batshit insanity, even by their standards, uh, that would make it a sex crime to deceive your sex partner. Uh, the The wording is, uh, it defines consent, and therefore the crimes that involve not lack of consent, um, as freely given, knowledgeable, and informed agreement obtained without the use of malice, such as forcible compulsion, duress, coercion, deception, fraud, concealment, or artifice. Isn't that actually always like part of consent, not being uh, fraud? But it includes omissions. Okay, that's the other oh. fucked up. Yeah, also, so if you wear a toupee and therefore lie about the fact that you're bald, that would count. First date goes really well, but you don't mention you voted for Trump, and then she finds out later. That would count. Really? Uh, so do you think anyone considered for even half a second that this law might be used to, oh, I don't know, um, get women in trouble? Because I feel like this is pure feminist signaling, but also I feel like I've uh, read there, at least one study showing that women lie about as often as men do in romantic contexts. So the reason article linked points out that this would affect to women, uh, this would affect women lying about contraceptive use. I still think this, some kind of form of this isn't a bad idea. Like I don't think people should lie to their romantic partners and something like contraceptive use is really something that maybe. Yes. That, that's a, that is an important, that is a good thing to not be allowed to lie about, yeah. but uh, artifi- a toupee is artificial and not mentioning who you voted for on a first date. Well, anyone who does that should be punched, but <laughs> I, that, I don't know. I don't think that would be prosecuted though. Although that's no excuse to have a shitty law. That, that, that's no, also you, what you really don't want is a law that is rarely applied in that sense, but totally can be. Yeah. Also, and I can't believe I need to say this after coming on a year of doing this podcast, but Inyash, you realize that when the government does things, uh, even when those things are, in theory, good ideas, it will fuck it up, right? <laughs> well, I mean, sure, usually, but I still like well, what? <laughs> I, I still think that we should aspire to do good things with the government. Okay, yeah, but us aspiring to do good things with the government, like, oh, I don't know, enforcing noise ordinances, involves 
children being run over and maimed. Yeah, but I think that is a problem with the police um, use of force rather than with the law. Okay, do you think the problem with, say, Coca-Cola making Americans fat is that the wrong person is the CEO of Coca-Cola? No. Okay, well, do you see the double standard here? No, Coca-Cola isn't allowed to use force at all. Like, what the police did um, should be illegal running over people if it, if it wasn't. There are certain standards of when you can use force as a cop that I realize are not used consistently or well. But I don't think having a noise ordinance is a bad idea just on the face of it. Okay, yeah, but if you violate those standards, then you just pull the qualified immunity card and then right. you're good. Yeah, the so, qualified immunity is the fucked up thing that needs to be gotten rid of that makes a lot of other things worse. Okay, yeah, but do you not see the general principle that the government will fuck things up when given the power to do so? I don't think it always fucks things up. Just often. I I am not as anti-government as you are, despite the fact that I've been on a podcast with you for a year. All evidence to the contrary? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've done some good things. I want to say name one, but I know that some dumbass listener is going to come into our Discord and name like one time that a police officer who was off duty helped someone in 1872 and then I'll have to be like okay yeah I was just being snarky David how dare you refer to our intelligent and beautiful and sexually attractive listeners as dumbass (laughs) (laughs) we have only the best listeners especially those that contribute to the Patreon yes I was strictly visualizing uh, this happening in the open channels on our Discord. I will, of course, immediately and drastically uh, update on any such stories presented in our Patreon-only channel. So, support us on Patreon! Yeah. Anyway, uh, are we done done talking about dumb New York stuff? I think so. Was that just New York? That, that was New York State. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a uh, professor uh, dur- at Lake Washington Institute of Technology um, has been under investigation for nine months due to committing an act of literal violence at a white fragility training uh, seminar. Um, Who did he physically assault? She... Oh, sorry. Uh, did not physically assault anyone. Uh, this act of physical violence, or of literal violence, uh, did not involve any weapons or any fisticuffs or anything like that. It involved uh, standing up at a part of the training where the trainer was asking for comments and pointing out that maybe this training was kind of bullshit. That sounds pretty violent to me in a um, way that uses the word violence to mean something completely different from the normal usage. Yep. This is one of those category boundaries you shouldn't be redrawing. I swear like, I swear to every god that men forgot, if I start dismissing reports that someone is violent because the definition's been watered down this much, I don't know what I'm going to do. Are people actually saying that there was literal violence committed? Yes. Oh. I mean, it's social justice, people. 
and they use literal violence for intellectual disagreement people standing up and making an eight minute long complaint about a stupid piece of training uh, so. Maybe they qualified it as literal violence because lots of times the word literal means figurative. I feel like you're giving them way too much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I don't want to interrupt to go track down the link for it, but apparently there's a professor suing the University of Oklahoma system because the state university's requirement to attend white fragility seminars in which you're forced to say, I'm a racist and I do all these awful things constitutes compulsory speech. Yeah, I that sure does part. sound compulsory. Uh, do they also require self-flagellation, mortification of the flesh? I'm sure lots of people are mortified, but probably not for that reason. Uh, oh, also, I got the name of the farmer wrong earlier. Casley, not Caswell. Uh, I'm sure our beautiful and attentive listeners would have been all over you for that, so I'm glad you corrected it. Um, I've got a reputation to uphold. So is this professor, like, still professing? No, they were banned from professing. Oh. Put on what I suspect to be unpaid leave, but I'm not positive on that. There's probably a union rule about that. Yeah, I mean, Even if it's paid leave, it's still a blow to your career. Yeah. Unless you were planning on retiring sometime in the next year or two anyway. Which, frankly, I would endorse. Get out while the getting's good. Yeah, but then you leave it behind to just the, uh, you know, rabid crazies. Yeah, you, you don't want the insanity to evaporatively cool and freeze in place. Uh, sure, but I also personally don't want to be around the insanity, so... Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard, because you don't want all the people to leave and leave it to the crazies, but on the other hand, that's asking a lot from someone to put up with this shit, just to, you know, make the world a little better. Fortunately, I'm a confrontational masochist. Excellent. We so, will yeah, send but them. I might be typical-minding to think that anybody else should behave that way. I don't think you should behave that way. <laughs> I think, in general, it's a good way to behave, um, within reason. Uh, he has been forcibly evicted from the podcast, so... <laughs> and eaten, from what I've heard. Yes. That, that sounds like a very forcible eviction. Yep. That sounds like literal violence, David. Yep. Anyway, speaking of stupid stuff, um, or stupid laws banning not stupid stuff, Inyash, you want to tell us about this next story? Yeah, originally this was in the happy news, uh, because there was a law passed in Arkansas uh, which bans um, care, basically gender-affirming medical care for uh, any minors, uh, even with doctor uh, recommendation, even with parental consent, just flat out complete banning. And that would have been bad news. But then the governor vetoed it because the governor, even though uh, he's a Republican, still said that this was just vast government overreach and the government should not be in the business of deciding other people's medical decisions for their children. And Holy I was like, shit, oh, that sounds like an actual principled libertarian argument. It was amazing. It was in the happy news. And then the uh, state Congress overrode his veto anyway, just, you know, moments after. I'm not sure if they even waited until the next day. So it had to leave the happy news again and be back here. There's there's that law on the books now. Uh, it is being challenged by the ACLU. So they're still doing good work. But yeah, fuck, fuck Arkansas, man. Just another state people got to move out of now. I mean, Arkansas was already a state to move out of, like very quickly. 
and by whatever route is most expedient. If we have any Arkansas refugees listening to this podcast, uh, contact one of us. We, we will assist you in getting settled elsewhere. I mean, apparently they somehow slipped, fell, and tripped into getting a principled libertarian for a governor, so... I don't know. Well, yeah, but now Sarah Huckabee's running for the next gubernatorial election. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yep, get out while you can. And, I mean, you're calling him libertarian, but he is in the Republican Party, so I I don't know if he's actually libertarian or just had that one principle with that one time. Is there any case of a sitting governor changing parties like Arlen Specter did? Um, not that I can think of. There was an actual that, um, libertarian governor for a little while when uh, Jesse Ventura got elected to, I think it was Nevada? In Minnesota. Minnesota, okay. Yeah, so that sounds was- like the sort of thing that would happen in Minnesota. Also, unfortunately, since his governorship, Jesse Ventura has become one of those people that people who don't like libertarians invoke as a bad example. Oh, oh really? Uh, he runs a show called, or runs or ran a show called Conspiracy Theory, where uh, he and a team of people uh, lie about and edit photos in order to fabricate conspiracies around mundane events. Wow, that's shitty. Wait, I think it's obvious that that's what they do in a lot of cases. Well, that actually doesn't sound like a terrible idea for a bit, but like I'm guessing from how you're criticizing them that they aren't doing it as a bit. They do not seem to be doing it as a bit. Oh, that is a shame. Jesse Ventura kind of paints himself as Q in the introduction, not like in all the Q and QAnon specific stuff, but as an insider who knows all the scandalous shit. Ah, uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Although that does sound like a really great idea for a show if it's a bit. Yeah. Sounds like something. I, I actually kind of want to start a show where we do that as a bit. I'm, I'm, I would be open to that. I'm sure that the other David would love that. Yes. Uh, and I am strongly reminded of that Slate Star Codex post that Scott made of uh, anti-conspiracy theories. Um, I don't recall unless you're talking about Bush did North Dakota. No, I'm talking about. So he he made uh, conspiracy theory memes for the opposite of. Uh, oh, conspiracy oh, like oh, Barack right, Obama, right. they claim he's African American, but he was actually born in Hawaii. They don't want you to know that, <laughs> right? Yeah, or uh, that was awesome. Queen Elizabeth isn't an alien; she's just an ordinary British woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the the memes he created are art. I'll throw that in the show notes. <laughs> you want to tell us about our last piece of stupid news for the night <laughs> before we get to the little knots? Oh, never mind. My thing is separate. Yes, the Lil Nas X thing. Uh, yeah, Lil Nas X uh, teamed up with uh, Mischief, is I guess a company that customizes shoes. I believe the term used to be pimping out the shoes, but uh, I believe that's fallen into disuse. I'm preserving it. I will use it unironically. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but yeah, Mischief does that to shoes all the time. Uh, they did one of, uh, I guess, converting Nike Airs to uh, Jesus shoes. Because as a as a commentary on um, how Nike partners with absolutely everyone, that they would partner with Jesus if they could. And uh, that, that was kind of a cool thing. Anyways, Lil Nas X teamed up with them to make Satan shoes. Uh, they made 666 of them. And uh, Nike immediately, uh, the next day, I believe, after it was announced, uh, issued in a cease and desist and asked the court to injunction them against sending them out because they say it is bad for the brand, which I don't know. Maybe it is. It's a very interesting uh, case. Very interesting conversation, I guess. I'm still not sure 
exactly which side I fall on here. There's a great YouTube video from the Legal Eagle guy that goes over it all, and uh, we'll put it in the show notes. It's pretty interesting. I think they've only got any got a leg to stand on if they included something about no satanic branding in, a, in their sales agreement, which nobody does. Um, Cliff Jarrison, I hope, uh, tum, uh, at Provocracy on Twitter, uh, blogger and Tumblr user that I think Scott quoted in a couple of old posts, uh, tweeted something I loved about that. Uh, Lil Nas X is really exposing how many Christians think of Satan, not in spiritual terms as a force of temptation and punishment for earthly wrongdoing, but in Diablo 2 terms as a second <laughs> god who has magic powers and will take over as main god if he gets enough worship points. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is consistent with a lot of evangel- conversations I've had with evangelicals about Satan. That's yeah. and technically that's not even wrong because in any geographic area, if one god gets enough uh, worship points, they tend to take over. I mean, obviously not the <laughs> god themselves because they don't exist, but the uh, the right. people that worship the god. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I can't really predict who has the better legal arguments here, but I really really hope mischief wins, just because like. I am an extremely uh, pro-mischief person. I am decidedly chaotic good. Um, And I just love this general idea. And the shoes look awesome. And I hate the really bizarre Kafka-esque quote-unquote safety mindset that says that having blood in the soles of a shoe is a dangerous biohazard but also like bans the astrazeneca vaccine in the middle of a pandemic and to be clear it is a single drop of blood yes so i am just all for this project on so many levels yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it's a really neat project. On the other hand, I can kind of see, like, you know, what if the government started putting the Mind Killer branding on all their police uniforms? Like, you might be a little upset about that. I mean, yeah, I get why <laughs> Nike is upset. I just don't care. <laughs> right. yeah, it'll be a cool one to watch. Also, I don't think... I. One of the critical legal points here, although Wes will probably scream at this one, so I should say it, is that no reasonable person is going to think this is a Nike product. Like, I mean, the, the I, interesting parts of it are not a Nike product. I mean, I thought it was a Nike product when I first saw it. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that these were official Nike things that Nike was putting out. I was, seeing, that would have been so much little... cooler, but... <laughs> It Seeing as they been. will apparently collaborate with absolutely anyone, I guess you could Except yeah, kind Satan of see that. or Jesus. <laughs> well, a little not sex though. You could, I guess, you could see them maybe doing it. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't remember what Wes says for this part. Happy news, go! Yay, happy news! So we uh, are doing little not uh, just two for one here. Because there is happy news about Little Nas X. Uh, I did not know he was gay until this video came out, uh, which is the, also the video that is behind the Satan shoes, where uh, it portrays Lucifer's fall from grace, and Little Nas X is, I guess, Lucifer, but then also twerks with the devil. So I'm not sure exactly how that works. But uh, point is, he goes to hell, and he uh, really like 
gets it on with the this, this male devil guy. And uh, I apparently Lil Nas X came out like over a year ago. So I just do not keep up on um, Lil Nas X news, I guess. All I knew about him before was that he did this country song that was incredibly popular. Um, which is probably why I didn't follow his stuff, because I'm not into country. Anyways, I re- now realize he's not a country person. He's a rap person. Uh, he came out with a... I guess this was a tweet? Yeah, it looks like this was on Twitter. Uh, just a statement that was basically to his 14-year-old self, uh, where he says that he promised never to be that type of gay person, meaning the type of gay person that comes out, <laughs> that he would just die with that as a secret. And uh, it's it's a very heartwarming post. And uh, I, I don't know, I just encourage people to read it. It warmed my heart to, to, to see him saying this publicly and coming out. And that was cool. So happy news. Cool. Uh, the next happy news is yours, too. In fact, all the happy news is. So I should just keep going. I guess. I mean, I have personal happy news at the end, so I guess I can throw one in just to, to keep the schedule kind of balanced. Nah, personal news doesn't count. Oh, well, then I'll see although if I can if find you, some happy news while we're have, talking. Yeah, although if you have something uh, you want to say about the Lil Nas X letter, which I have not read, so I don't have anything to say about it. Um, I don't. It's just one of those things where whenever someone writes a letter to their past self that is about something like this, I like reading it. I like thinking about my past self as someone that should be taken care of, you know? Anyways, uh, yeah, more happy news then. Uh, EU experts have uh, said that nuclear power should qualify for the green investment label. There is uh, a committee in the EU tasked with, you know, deciding what not deciding, but recommending uh, what things should get green investment labels, because I guess that is a thing that they have in the EU. I don't know if they have in the US as well. Uh, But they have said, yes, nuclear power should count. And uh, if the EU goes forward with this, that will be fucking awesome, because it'll mean more money for nuclear power and hopefully people not freaking out as much about it as they hear about this sort of thing. Maybe, Maybe not that one, but definitely, you know, more money and spreading the news that, yes, this is a green thing. Yeah, I am personally still of the opinion that quote-unquote green opposition to nuclear power is really just crypto anti-humanism, and so I don't expect this to actually lead to any progress in implementing um, uh, nuclear power, but that is the sort of... Uh, actual or reputational bet I'm happy to make, because if I end up losing, I'll be too ecstatic to care. What the U.S. should be doing is building a giant nuclear-powered merchant marine so cheap to operate that it outcompetes the Chinese state shipping enterprises. That would also work, but also I would like to have a bunch of land-based thorium reactors so that we can have completely safe energy that's too cheap to meter. Also that, but thorium is... Uh, something like two orders of magnitude more abundant than uranium, there's a lot of it to go around. Yeah. Well, at the very least, they would have to expose themselves as hypocrites by going against their own experts' advice. That is good news. Yeah. And in the same vein, the White House said uh, the same thing, that nuclear energy should be considered part of the clean energy standards. Uh, I Let's see. It was announced in a press conference, so I don't think it's binding or anything yet, but it's a indication of the direction they're going in, and it is a good one, because, yeah, like you said, we need more nuclear. We need cheap, plentiful 
power that is completely carbon neutral. And we should also be like giving Lockheed a free hand to develop their uh, prototyped like cargo container sized fu- microfusion reactor because that solves a whole bunch of problems. But uh, until we can figure out fusion, thorium is uh, about as good as we have any reason to ask for. All right, I guess I am continuing since this is I'm the happy person in this group. Um, yep. New Mexico is the third state to abolish qualified immunity. So that's huzzah. one that I did, and I forgot about it because I posted it in the Discord, and then Inyash said that we should put it on the outline. Whereby said, I mean, you just put it on the outline, and I, I forgot. There's even a D in front of it. I should have let you say this one. Yeah, but I use a different way to denote my own name. I don't look at the letters. I just see square brackets and assume it's you. Right, and there's a link, so obviously it couldn't have been yours. That is a completely fair and valid point. I just put random snarky sentences into the outline, sometimes with so little relationship to the actual story that I myself forget what the story is. And then Wes competently edits our audio to make me sound like I'm not a moron. When I saw the line, New York tries to sue the Industrial Revolution, I was like, okay, David's going to have to explain that one. So yeah, that is that is fantastic news. We've already talked about qualified immunity many times, but it's the horrible thing that lets police get away with literal murder, as well as all sorts of other crimes, and uh, it should be gotten rid of. And now it has been in New Mexico. The other two states are Colorado and Connecticut. So again, if more rationalists want to move to Colorado, this is one of the places where the police are starting to get reined in. Let's push this into Utah and Arizona and take over the Four Corners. Ooh. Yes. Uh, also, I think... Um, so I know that this is in at least two different circuits, uh, possibly three. I don't know if New Mexico and Colorado are in different circuits. So if we can get a good, good circuit split going, then maybe, uh, we can finally get the Supreme Court to clean up the massive sloppy shit they took on the floor. Yeah. Um, let me check on that circuit thing quickly. I think Arizona's on the Ninth Circuit, so... Yeah, New Mexico is on this, and Utah are on the same circuit as Colorado, unfortunately. So we do need to make this Four Corners thing happen. But Connecticut is a different one. It's, yes, yes, far away. But also, I mean, there must be rats living in Connecticut because New York and Massachusetts, but I don't know any of them. Okay, uh, the last happy thing is from Gray, it looks like. Yes, there is a proposed law in California that would decriminalize pretty much all of the common psychedelic drugs. Sweet. Uh, it probably won't go anywhere because there are drug warriors in the way, but um, it would specifically decriminalize psilocybin, which has already been decriminalized in a couple of places, including Denver, LSD, which nobody has decriminalized yet, uh, ketamine, MDMA, mescaline, which comes from the peyote cactus, and ibogaine, which comes from a tree in Africa. And all of those are uh, schedule one at the federal level and not, or except ketamine, that's in some other schedule. And nobody has talked about decriminalizing them yet. What was the excuse they gave for criminalizing hallucinogens in the, or, um, in the first place? So like the US, stuff? the drug war system, the system we have set up for the drug war doesn't revolve around any sane considerations. In fact, I, you could argue that the law prohibits the DEA from having sanity in this matter. Um, the Controlled Substances Act, as far as I know, defines all recreational drug use as abuse. 
And then chemicals are required to be assigned to different levels of illegality based on a combination of their accepted medical use and their potential for abuse. Um, Whereby accepted medical use and potential for abuse, you mean prevalence of use in the African-American community during the Nixon administration? Uh, to an extent, yes. And then subsequently prevalence of use by people who party at nightclubs. Um, also, well, LSD, I don't think I've never thought of as associated with the African-American community, but basically any subculture that has drugs associated with it and is disapproved of by the serious people will have its drugs of choice put in schedule one and any any medical uses for it denied. Um, this leads to an amusing situation, at least at the federal level, where cocaine is more illegal than LSD and marijuana or less illegal than LSD and marijuana because cocaine is used occasionally as a surgical anesthetic. Oh, I didn't know that. It's really, it's good for that, but there are non psychoactive cocaine analogs like benzocaine, which your dentist has almost certainly given you at some point, um, that are more desirable most of the time. Now that I hear that, I think I did hear that before and I just forgot it. Hmm. I knew that it was you usable as an anesthetic because I remember a story from like the 1900s back when we sort of knew what medicine was, but we were still trying to figure it out and we were letting completely insane people practice medicine uh, of someone who uh, was a famous surgeon and then he started having chest pain that he recognized as uh, appendicitis. And so... If I'm remembering the story right, he went down to the teaching hospital, said he was going to demonstrate an appendectomy. Oh, my God. Injected <laughs> cocaine into his own spine and then removed his own appendix. Absolute that, mad lad. Oh, yes. my God. That's up there with I can't remember the name, but the first uh, doctor to perform a cardiac catheterization. He wanted to perform it on himself and his nurses pointed out that. Well, he was much harder to replace than they were, and this was insane, and he should do it on one of them. So he he relented, and he put one of the nurses under anesthetic, and then performed the procedure on himself anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, and he was discovered while doing this, and apparently wrestled with the people trying to stop him while shouting, Damn it, it's too dangerous! I gotta say though, I, I'm definitely very uh, much less concerned about the danger of any procedure that the inventor is willing to perform on himself. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> all right, well, I yeah. believe that's all of our stuff. Uh, yeah, and that yeah. covers all the happy news. Uh, on to troop deployments. On to troop deployments. As we all know, arguments are no so, arguments are soldiers. War and arguments are soldiers. Did yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I'm good at this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we invite each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield. Nailed it. One yes. take. Uh, uh, and let's start with David. Uh, so um, in the waning days of the Trump administration, I followed a bunch of anti-Trump podcasts, and Trump was really fucking everything up. So it was good and fun and delightful, and all was well in David land. And then Biden was elected, and all of those goddamn anti-Trump podcasts 
shifted to pro-Biden podcasts, and I fucking hate it. I don't really have anything else to say beyond that, but I have unsubbed to, like, at least half a dozen political podcasts, and frankly, my mental health is probably better for it, but also, fuck. All right. Uh, I will go next then. My troop deployment is pretty short and simple. As of this recording, there are 69 days until season five of Rick and Morty. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy that about was, it. <laughs> listeners, that was not rehearsed. Uh, at least if it was rehearsed between Ninash and Wet and Gray, I was not part of that conversation. Nope. But I'm pretty sure that that was just purely spontaneous yeah i I only spotted it when we scrolled down to the troop deployments and i thought nice (laughs) i mean it was kind of rehearsed in that we've been socially trained with that reaction whenever we see that number we are all in a little skinner box rehearsals done with the cast the cast did not rehearse this no that's true we were just conditioned very well yep Wes doesn't have troops to deploy, except that he's on vacation, and apparently we can suck it. (laughs) Those were not his words. I am speaking for him. Oh, okay. No, only I'm allowed to do that. And that leads, I suppose, my deployment, which is the Biden gun control executive order, which is uh, not quite equal mix of uh, asinine and illegal. So Those are two of my favorite things to mix. Uh, So it basically has uh, five parts to it. One, which I can't find any contemporary reason for, except that it's been a Democratic hot button for years, this falls in the illegal category, is ordering the ATF to somehow make the sale of ghost guns illegal. Um, Oh, spooky. Ghost guns are firearms which are sold in a state where they are not legally firearms, then Uh, modified in some way by the end user into something that would legally constitute a firearm and then assembled into an actual gun that works. There are generally two ways to do this. One is 3D printing, which obviously this isn't going to help with at all. And the other is what's called an 80% receiver, where you buy a mostly finished block that's been milled in the way required and then drill the required holes to actually assemble it into a gun. Since assembling a firearm and not selling it is without a license is unambiguously legal under the Gun Control Act of 68, which set up the uh, licensing system for manufacturers, the second category is the only one that he could possibly make any rules that would have an impact on. And there really isn't any point because despite all the hand wringing about them, they never show up at crime scenes to speak of. So hold on. There is a law that says it is illegal to create your own guns if you don't sell them. Yes. But there's now an executive order saying it's illegal to make the parts that will let people make their own guns? That's correct. So there isn't exactly a legally defined category for the 80% receiver. The term is widely used, but it doesn't have any direct meaning. What they do, what the people who sell these things do is almost complete a receiver and send it to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and ask for a declaration that this component is not a firearm. That is, it, it cannot be the assembled as the sort of central load-bearing component of uh, of a working firearm. And if they say that it's not a firearm, then you can sell it through the U.S. mail to anybody without any of the restrictions that come with being a federal firearms licensee. Ah, so now the ATF is going to have to label those things as firearms. That That is the way that it's going to be done, I'm sure. However, uh, that is such a bad idea. It is that there needs to be 
Chevron deference is ridiculous, and there really needs to be a rule that regulatory agencies can't change their regulations based on a, their interpretation of a statute until unless the statute changes, because otherwise, what's legal and illegal fluctuates entirely with elections. Yes, which uh, I hate admitting any that there's anything good about this man, but Neil Gorsuch was correct to call it out in his uh, dissent to the Supreme Court's denial of cert in a different uh, gun lawsuit that centered around this issue. Wait, sorry. I know this is troop deployments and we're not supposed to get into the shit here, but I like Gorsuch. There's a reason why, but Gorsuch was the rallying cry of Trump supporters who weren't complete and utter pieces of shit for a long time. Okay, I haven't paid as much attention to him, uh, I'll admit. I, I just, he's kind of in the, the category of Trump Supreme Court appointees who I'm going to think bad things about until I learn good things. I now feel uh, obligated for the sake of intellectual honesty to go learn some good things. So I'll do that after this show. Okay, cool. Yeah. My Um, understanding is that um, Barrett and Kavanaugh were uh, basically what you'd expect uh, right wing hacks um, or are, I guess I should say, but uh, Kavanaugh was in a remarkable case of poor judgment on the part of Trump's handlers actually principled. I think you meant to say Gorsuch. Yes. Sorry. Hmm. Well, that's that. I do need to go read more about this then. Anyway, there are four other basic components. The two ones that I don't really care about are ordering the ATF and Justice Department to start compiling annual reports on gun trafficking in the U.S. Um, Presume, I mean, obviously just to assemble ammunition for new legislation. It's not going to go anywhere. As long, like, while the filibuster exists, the Democrats will need an utterly unachievable majority to pass any laws at the federal level. So I'm not as worried as I could be. I don't expect the filibuster to go away as West does, and I'm not sure I want it to. As West did, sorry. Uh, and the other one is something like $5 billion to be spent on community violence intervention programs, which to the extent that they work, I don't have a problem with. And to the extent that they don't work, they're par for the course. Um, the, the two parts that are, uh, that extend the asinine though, um, one is a regulation on something called a stabilizing brace. Uh, these were, this is basically a stock for a pistol. I'm going to be open about it. I never saw the difference. Um, the reason they're significant is a quirk of old U S gun law, where you can't have a rifle that is something with a stock and a rifle barrel that's less than 16 inches long. Um, it becomes a short-barreled rifle, and it's subject to the same extended background check and registration requirements as a machine gun. And the Trump ATF uh, issued what people decided that they probably had some room to uh, push with the Trump ATF, and they got these things called stabilizing braces approved uh, as like, use aids or anti-disability things for pistols. You could attach them. And used as directed, they would probably help a bit, but used somewhat differently from directed, they would perform basically like a stock. And the guy who shot a couple of people at the supermarket in Boulder uh, some weeks back is the literally the first ever crime I've heard of being committed with a gun so equipped um, on an AR-15 pistol. This We don't need to get into that. The point is he had one attached. Uh, Biden argues that they are more accurate and deadlier than a handgun and need to be regulated as short-barreled rifles. This is stupid and awful for the same, they shouldn't be allowed to change the rules unless the law changes reason. And uh, the third point is encouraging red flag laws, which are basically a blank check for any for the police to seize anybody's guns without them being accused of a crime. Uh, so is there 
any way in hell or double hell that isn't selectively enforced against black people? Um, I'd actually expect this particular one to be selectively enforced against white people. The Really? Uh, How are they going to manage that? Uh, because the category of crimes committed by that that lead to people to clamor that lead people to clamor for red flag laws are overwhelmingly committed by white males. Uh, yes, but as we all know, the fact that a the original impetus for a law is committed by a certain ethnic group does not prevent the law from being selectively enforced against different ethnic groups. See, e.g. Uh, laws passed after 9-11 being overwhelmingly used to target black drug dealers. Point. Uh, it's um, the, These aren't laws the federal government can pass. They're done at state level, and it just orders the DOJ to draw up a model red flag law. Um, most states almost certainly aren't going to pass them. And I, given that I'd expect the level of scrutiny to be around, to be about the level of scrutiny given to FISA warrants, they're they're probably going to be ruled unconstitutional at some level, but it's a performative stupid thing that isn't going to help and is in fact exactly the sort of confiscatory measure that people have been smugly saying, gun owners, nobody's coming for your guns. No, that's exactly what this is. The whole point of them is to create an entirely new, no due process avenue for taking away guns of people who haven't been accused of crimes. So I know this is true deployment and normally we're not supposed to like comment and push back or whatever, but Colorado has had a red flag law since January 1st of 2020, so a year and a quarter now. And from what I have heard, it has been basically unused, and in the few cases where it was used, was used for like legit good reasons. The, the Colorado cops at least seem to have been pretty good about using it for its intended purpose. Colorado is a strange place on a number of levels. Most counties in Colorado are on record as refusing to enforce the laws that Colorado passed after the Aurora shooting. Yeah. Um, I have no confidence in that this will be enforced sanely in the states where large chunks of the country live, like the entire West Coast. But, okay, fair enough. Also, um, Biden's pick to head the ATF is a guy who defend is a former ATF special agent who defended the ATF in the trial that the Waco siege precipitated. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I I misread it originally. I had thought that he'd actually been in charge. That turns out not to be the case, but he did participate in the ATF's legal defense. And um, he's generally an awful person who's made millions of dollars lobbying ineffectually for gun control. That sure does suck. But uh, that is also the end of our show. Uh, this was a bit of a bummer one. Um, but, uh, unfortunate, or, uh, hopefully I'll be better at channeling Wes's energy by next fortnight, uh, possibly even so good at it that, uh, you won't even be able to notice that he is now gone and has been replaced by me. Um, <laughs> see, I thought that you were going to, uh, I, I expected something like, well, I would hope you were thorough because he might grow back from any bits you left behind. Oh, I was. Uh, I'm always thorough. Uh, but that is our show. I would encourage everyone to subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you really like us, leave us a review. If you really hate us, leave us a review. If you really, really like us, then support us on Patreon so that you can 
give me uh, counter arguments against libertarianism that I will actually listen to. Because as mentioned, I do actually listen to counter arguments against libertarianism if they are posted in the um, Patreon only channel on our Discord and only if they are posted there. And uh, if my lovely voice has inspired you to listen to more of it, uh, Eniash will be releasing that recording that I alluded to of something he wrote. Uh, if you'd like to hear me discuss my favorite very rationalist adjacent science fiction series, uh, I make a podcast with Johnny Wins of the Conspiracy Discord called Uncultured Swine, uh, which we'll also have a link to. Excellent. All right. Thank you for joining us, Gray. Yeah, this was good to do. Uh, and I will invite you all to come back a fortnight hence. Same rat time, same rat channel. <laughs>